Welcome to day four of Insights and Intuitions with Pondering AI. In this episode, Mark Bishop reflects on large language models and beyond. Well, it's great to see you again, Mark. We spoke back in February, March of this year, 2023, for the record. Boy, has it been wild since. So how would you characterize what has happened since we last talked? Well, interesting. I think there have been a few big developments since we last talked. Some of the big headline-grabbing developments have focused on and have been driven and have focused upon the amount of money that's been sucked into this field. There's huge amounts of money being invested into any company that can tag a chat GPT or a large language model tag onto their products, and it's, it's attracting a lot of investment. Riding on the back of that and perhaps prompted by that, we had in March and May of this year two very prominent letters, one from the the Future of Life Institute based in the UK and one from the Centre for AI Safety, which is, I think, based in the States. Effectively, both painting a very doom-laden scenario, uh, and one in particular, I think, with Elon Musk uh, announcing that the future of humanity itself was at risk because of large language models, and um, painting a, a picture based on what's become known as the technological singularity, but where, wherein AI will get cleverer and cleverer until it outperforms humans on all possible tasks and that point of singularity will be reached. And it isn't a surprise that many of the people who signed that letter were people who are strong believers. And I use that sort of religious terminology advisedly here because it does seem to me that it's a cult and, and has certain resonances with bizarre religious beliefs, the idea that these systems will become uh, more powerful than humans. That in turn then led, at least in the UK, to the British Computer Society launching a third letter reining back on these possible dangers. Now, myself, I, I was concerned about about this and took a quite cynical view on, on these letters. Because if you looked at the at the early signatories uh, of these letters, they were people like Sam Altman, Elon Musk. There was a unifying factor. There were a lot of the early signatories were people who had huge investments in this AI technology. And when you paint this picture, oh my God, these AIs are going to be so clever. They're going to be you know, better than human in, in, in all areas. The, the future of humanity is at stake. That in itself leads the public to have an overinflated idea about what these things can do. And I see it as a sense, to use, to use quite a strong term, it's almost like a stock market manipulation. By releasing these, that is, they, they sort of give a certain credence to the idea that these systems are that much better than they are. Furthermore, it gives the public this false narrative on what things can do, so the public more easily believe these scare tales. And it just creates an unwarranted climate of doom. And, and it's particularly annoying because there are things to be concerned about with the rise of AI and large language models. I'm particularly personally interested in areas around privacy, uh, around bias, around manipulation in political uh, elections, for example, around issues around copyright infringement. So there are, there are certainly a lot of things that we ought to be worried about, but an AI taking over is, is fairly far down my list if it ever enters it at all. So that was one big thing that happened. And I think building on from that, fairly recently, we've had a number of major authors, George R. Martin, the Game of Thrones author, John Grisham, Fraser and uh, Ilan Hildebrand, to name a few, 
are taking litigation against companies like OpenAI alleging copyright infringement being used to train their foundational models. Now, these cases are just beginning to roll out, but perhaps prompted by that, Microsoft was obliged in September to issue a statement saying they would meet any litigation costs that users of their products, the, or the office suites that we use that, that had these new AI tools, these co-pilot tools in them, that they would pay for any legal costs that, that may be brought in defending claims around copyright through the use of Microsoft products. So I think all those group of stories are all linked together. Purely in the context of what I found interesting around the rollout of large language models and, and the chat TPT open AI systems that I didn't necessarily see coming you know, a year ago has been that their move into music. So we've got you know, quite powerful generative music systems now, well, stable audio. And we've also got generative speech systems that can read, if you've heard the latest versions of automatic text to audio, they really do give a sense of a narrative and a sense of emotion to the text that they're reading. Um, which I hadn't quite anticipated they get so good so quickly. So those are some of the things that have interested me since we last spoke. Now, certainly LLMs, generative AI, seem to be taking up all the oxygen in the room. Are there other consequential developments or areas of R&D in AI that you think have been overlooked or downplayed due to this hyper-focus? It's a really interesting question. It's astonishing the amount of news that has been around LLMs and generative AI over the last year. But I think two interesting stories have been just this month, DeepMind uh, announced the launch of their Gemini AI system that's going to be happening very, very soon. And Demis Hassabis claiming that this will give large language models, such as those from OpenAI, a really strong run for their money because it's going to be integrating at an architectural level some of the techniques that were deployed in the AlphaGo system that so astonishingly won, beat the world's best Go player just a couple of years ago, BC Doll. So I'm kind of excited to see how they're going to integrate Monte Carlo tree search and other techniques such as that into this AI. I gather they're going to be using a mixture of experts approach, having sort of having one monolithic large model having and perhaps a group of smaller models, and then mixing them somehow with the, I presume, uh, Asbis didn't say which particular element of technology from AlphaGo they would be deploying, but my intuition is it's, it's going to be something based around Monte Carlo research and how that's all going to fit together. But I do think that that should be quite interesting. And it, the story, I, I didn't think, got as much traction as, as it might have warranted. And on, on a deeply foundational level, I found it interesting that, that Envision Transformer architectures, these are the building blocks, if you like, of, of ChatGPT, the transformer modules. They become dominant in computer vision. And just a few years ago, the model that was exciting everyone in computer vision that really moved computer vision on neural network approaches to computer vision forward a big step with convolutional neural networks. And it was, again, interesting that just a month or two ago, there was a, some new research come to the fore whereby people have re-engineered convolutional neural networks and now reclaimed the crown of the best neural networks for computer vision on the ImageNet databases. I think that was work from Sang Young Wu and colleagues uh, in Korea. So those two things I thought were quite interesting uh, and things to watch out because obviously computer vision itself is a technology that's used in a wide range of AI applications. Yeah. 
So as we look forward into 2024, how do you expect all of this to play out? What should we expect to see next? Well, my expectation, just because of the monies that are getting invested, is that we're going to see more of the same. Mm. The alternative technologies that there might be I listed to that interested me. I don't think, well, possibly with the exception of DeepMind and Google, that's clearly going to have a lot of money behind it. But I do think there's enormous sums of money in commerce going into LLMs and, and, and technologies around that. And I see that that field continuing to dominate the new headlines next year. So that, that would be my prediction, more of the same. And if you had it your way, what would you like to see happen next? Well, if I had it my way, I'd like to see more research that looks at the downsides of, of AI, i.e. looking at privacy implications, how to mitigate bias on these models, how to mitigate against misinformation, market manipulation, and, and, and examining you know, where society wants to sit vis-a-vis issues like copyright. I can understand authors being upset if their works are being used to train large language models, but there's some deeply interesting philosophical questions here. I mean, if it was a human who was reading their books and became an expert on their books, would they be annoyed that a human was reading their text to better understand their fiction? And, and yeah, I'm glad the court's going to be looking at that question and not me. So I think it's, it could be a difficult one to unpick. Well, there's certainly a, a question of scale and distribution that's a bit different between the human and the machine, for mm. sure. But it'll be interesting to see. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time and the insights. And it's good to have you back. 12 Days of Pondering AI continues tomorrow. Subscribe now for more insights into what's happening now and what to expect next in the ever-fascinating world of AI.